Good morning. Today's headlines. The White House says U.S. railroads and labor unions reached a tentative agreement, avoiding a strike that threatened to worsen supply chain bottlenecks. Flash flood warnings issued in Nevada. Several people needed rescue after being stranded in their vehicles. Illinois governor issues an emergency disaster proclamation to cope with illegal immigrants being sent to Chicago from Texas. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sends a plane of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. The state of California is suing Amazon. The online retail giant is accused of stifling competition and driving sellers to maintain higher prices. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning, and I'm Evelyn Lee. Today's Thursday, September 15th. And we have breaking news this morning. The White House announced that railroads and labor unions reached a tentative agreement. Union bosses and rail chiefs were called to Washington, D.C. yesterday. They, there they bargained deep into the night to avert a rail shutdown. That would have been another blow to the U.S. economy. Biden administration officials hosted the labor contract talks. The agreement ensures workers receive better pay and improved working conditions. A rail shutdown would have disrupted cargo shipments and impeded food and fuel supplies. A White House statement called the agreement an important win for our economy and the American people. It goes on to say that the agreement is a victory for rail, railway companies who will be able to retain and recruit more workers. The White House statement called the rail industry part of the backbone of the American economy. And from rail to road, another announcement from Biden yesterday. The U.S. is planning on spending $900 million on electric vehicle charging stations. President Biden said this in a speech at the Detroit Auto Show. So today, I'm pleased to announce we're approving funding for the first 35 states, including Michigan, to build their own electric charging infrastructure throughout their state. The president says in the future, EV charging stations will be as easy to find as gas stations. Congress and Biden have pledged billions of dollars to speed up the transition to electric vehicles. Still, gasoline-powered cars are well represented at the Detroit Auto Show. Last year, Biden set a goal to have half of new car sales to be electric vehicles or plug-in hybrids by 2030. Turning now to immigration, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent two planes of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts on Wednesday. A spokeswoman for DeSantis says it's part of an effort to transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary destinations. The video provided to Fox News shows around 50 people departing the plane and some boarding a van. Massachusetts Republican Governor Charlie Baker says short-term shelter is being provided for them. Martha's Vineyard is a summer vacation destination for wealthy New Englanders. It's an island farm area with a year-round population of only 20,000 people. A spokesperson for DeSantis' re-election campaign said on Twitter that Martha's Vineyard residents should be thrilled about the move since they vote for sanctuary cities. She says the illegal immigrants will increase the town's diversity and now they have a sanctuary city of their own. Fox News reported that Florida's state-approved budget includes $12 million to relocate illegal immigrants to sanctuary city-states. Florida Democrats criticized the move, calling it a political stunt to score points. 
On the same topic, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker issued an emergency disaster proclamation Wednesday. It allows state agencies to provide shelter, housing, food, and other services to illegal immigrants being sent to Chicago from Texas. Pritzker criticized Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He says there has been no advance notice or coordination with Texas. What the governor of Texas is doing is a stunt, and he's playing games with people's lives. At the request of our local partners, I'll also ask members of the National Guard to assist in the preparation of infrastructure and services needed to handle the incoming arrivals. The state of Illinois is doing everything in its power to support local jurisdictions to help ensure that the right tools and supports are in place as we move forward with this humanitarian response. Pritzker says 75 members of the National Guard will be temporarily deployed to assist those arriving. He says Illinois has been welcoming buses from Texas almost daily. Officials estimate around 500 illegal border crossers have arrived in Chicago since August 31st, and the number is expected to grow. Abbott has also sent illegal immigrants to Washington and New York City. He says it's to stop small border towns from becoming overwhelmed and to compel the Biden administration to take action in securing the border. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot says the migrants are seeking sanctuary from traumatic situations in Venezuela and other Latin American countries. She applauded the governor and his team for their efforts. And there is a new report that estimates the cost of the benefits and services that the U.S. provides to illegal immigrants. It says taxpayers will pay an extra $20 billion per year to meet the needs of the approximately 2.3 million immigrants who have entered the U.S. illegally since President Biden took office. And today's Jason Perry has the story. Since President Biden took office, it's estimated that approximately 2.3 million immigrants have entered America illegally, including about 1 million gotaways. And according to a new report by the Federation for American Immigration Reform, or FAIR, taxpayers will pay an extra $20 billion per year to meet the needs of the illegal immigrants. That's in addition to the $140 billion a year taxpayers already pay to provide benefits and services for long-term illegal immigrants, according to the report. But it's going to be a big, big cost for a long, long time. I spoke with Todd Benzman of the Center for Immigration Studies and author of Overrun. Most of these people who are coming in or being allowed in don't have medical insurance. So they're just going to be, you know, write-offs for hospitals who are then going to go to the federal government and ask for bailouts. Uh, cities already are asking for federal bailouts just to, to cover the cost of homeless shelters and food and clothing and all that sort of thing. He added that millions of children of the illegal immigrants will also be entering the American public school system. And we're only halfway through the, the Biden term. There's another two years they're going to put on here. So whatever they're coming up with now is probably half what it's going to be. Dan Stein, the president of FAIR, which published the report, said the additional $20 billion could be used to support important needs of the American public. He cited a recent study by the Russell Sage Foundation. It found that more than one-third of families that work full-time year-round do not earn enough to cover a basic family budget that includes food, housing, medical care, and other necessities. We reached out to the White House for comment, but we didn't hear back before airtime. Jason Perry, NTD News.
The FBI has renewed its focus on Trump-related investigations with multiple subpoenas and warrants. Yesterday, FBI agents visited my pillow owner, Mike Lindell. Here's Entity's Arlene Richards with more. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. My pillow chief executive Mike Lindell said on his own Lindell TV that the FBI took his cell phone. Cars pulled up in front of us, to the side of us, and behind us. And I said, um, those are either bad guys or the FBI. Lindell said he was stopped at a Hardee's restaurant in Mankato, Minnesota, when the FBI arrived. And they asked him questions for about 15 minutes. So they started asking me these questions about uh, Colorado, about Dominion Machine, Colorado, um, with, with Tina Peters and uh, Doug Frank. In February 2021, Dominion Voting Systems sued Lindell for alleged defamation. They accused Lindell of using a marketing campaign to push a narrative that Dominion machines were used to steal the 2020 election. Tina Peters is the Republican Colorado County clerk indicted for an alleged security breach of election equipment. She faces 10 criminal charges, including conspiracy, criminal impersonation, identity theft, and official misconduct. Last week, she pleaded not guilty at a court hearing. And Doug Frank is an Ohio educator who claimed Dominion voting machines manipulated the 2020 election. Lindell said after those questions, the FBI told him what they came for. Then he goes, um, well, I got, I got some bad news. And I go, okay, here it comes, right? He goes, uh, we're taking your cell phone. We have a warrant for your cell phone. A spokesperson for the FBI's Denver field office confirmed that the FBI served a warrant. If you read this, they, have, they, would have, they would have done everything they could because they could, you know, the phone was right there. Believe me, they would have got the phone. The warrant was authorized by a federal court in Colorado in connection with a possible felony. Tristan Snell, a lawyer who led the prosecution of Trump University, tweeted, the FBI does not just seize a phone, especially in a high-profile case. A federal judge already found probable cause that Mike Lindell is connected to crimes. Former President Trump spoke out about the warrant on Truth Social, saying we are now officially living in a weaponized police state, rigged elections and all. Arlene Richards, NTD News, New York. In other news, police carried out rescues in Nevada and Southern California after torrential rain caused flash flooding. The National Weather Service says it's the result of moisture from former Hurricane Kay. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg tells us more. Following thunderstorms and flooding in Nevada, Las Vegas police used a helicopter to rescue two people stranded in their submerged van. Authorities say the couple pulled off the side of the road to rest overnight Tuesday into Wednesday. Flood water then overtook the vehicle, rising to chest level. Water crews also had to rescue a semi-truck driver who had also become trapped nearby. There were no injuries in either incident. Downpours of more than two inches within three hours sent torrents of water down normally dry washes and across roads in Moapa Valley and around Valley of Fire State Park. Basketball-sized rocks were reported on Valley of Fire roads. Route 317 in Lincoln County and Route 169 in Hidden Valley Road in Moapa Valley were closed for repairs. In San Bernardino, California, police officers rescued a mother and her two children during a flash flood on Monday. Body cam footage shows the officers helped the mother out of the rapidly flowing water after she fell trying to cross the street. The officers then carry her children safely across. 
Although the remnants of the recent tropical storm brought some badly needed rainfall to drought-stricken Southern California, it's also caused flash flooding in some areas. The National Weather Service is asking people to stay alert, as the chance of thunderstorms and rapid flooding remains high. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A Northern California wildfire has gained strength. The wildfire in Placer County, California destroyed structures when flames erupted Tuesday afternoon. This just hours after officials had reported making great strides in the battle. A fire spokesperson said the fire was held in check overnight and crews were able to keep flames from entering the town of Forest Hill. Some buildings burned down, but the exact number won't be known until damage assessment teams are able to canvas the area about 110 miles northeast of San Francisco. The blaze was one of three large fires in the state. Over in Florida, a young Chick-fil-A worker stops in an, an attempted carjacking incident. Local authorities say 43-year-old William Brandt approached a woman as she was getting her baby out of her car near Chick-fil-A. Carrying a stick, he grabbed her keys from her. Chick-fil-A employee Michael Gordon ran over after she screamed for help and was punched in the face. The video shows them fighting on the ground as other people ran over to help. Brandt was charged with carjacking with a weapon and battery. Gordon was not seriously injured. He said Branch was involved in another incident shortly before this one. The restaurant says it's relieved everyone is safe and is proud of Gordon's courage. Let's turn to big tech. California is suing Amazon. The company is accused of violating the state's antitrust and unfair competition laws. For a decade, Amazon required sellers to enter into contracts that severely penalize them if their products are offered for a lower price off Amazon. In today's lawsuit, we allege Amazon's practices violate California unfair competition law and the Cartwright Act by thwarting the ability of other online retailers to compete, contributing to Amazon's dominance and harming merchants and consumers through inflated fees and higher prices. California Attorney General Rob Bonta's office says Amazon used contract provisions effectively to bar third-party sellers and wholesale suppliers from offering lower prices, including on their own websites. The suit says merchants that do not comply with the policy could have their products stripped from prominent listings on Amazon. They could also face other sanctions, such as suspensions or terminations of their accounts. Among other things, the California lawsuit seeks to stop Amazon from entering into contracts with sellers that harm price competition. It also seeks a court order for Amazon to pay damages to the state for increased prices. Another complaint filed last year by the District of Columbia was dismissed by a district judge. It's now going through an appeals process. Seattle-based Amazon controls over a third of online sales in the U.S., more than that of Walmart, eBay, Apple, Best Buy, and Target combined. Amazon did not immediately reply to a request for comment. The company previously said that sellers set their own prices on the platform and added that it has the right to avoid highlighting products that are not priced competitively. And coming up, mourners throughout the night lined up to see Queen Elizabeth's coffin as she lay in state in London's Westminster Hall. And police arrest a woman suspected of killing her two children. Their remains were found inside suitcases in a New Zealand storage locker last month. Stay tuned for more right here on NTD Good Morning.
Welcome back. We're going to the UK now. Mourners from all walks of life filed past the coffin of Queen Elizabeth through the night as she lay in state in London's ancient Westminster Hall. They paid their final respects to Britain's longest reigning monarch before her funeral on Monday. Mourners queued for hours through the night to see Queen Elizabeth's coffin as she lay in state in London's Westminster Hall. Officials expect a whopping 750,000 people to view it before the state funeral on Monday. The Queen's death, at the age of 96 on Thursday, has plunged Britain into mourning for a monarch who reigned for 70 years. Many wanted to pay their final respects, including Ruth, who was born when the Queen came to the throne. It's like closure, our Queen, being laid to rest. She's at peace and she meant everything because she'd been queen all of our lives. We hadn't known anything else and uh, now she's gone. The line stretched for miles along the River Thames in London and many people waited overnight. Anne was one of them. There is real respect there. There are people, I mean I queued from 10 o'clock last night so I slept on embankment last night. There are people here because they want to honour her in, in whatever way. Queen Elizabeth's coffin was flown back to London late on Tuesday from Scotland where it had been since her death at her Scottish summer holiday home Balmoral Castle. Ian, a reserve army officer, teared up as he thought about what he would say when he finally made it to the front of the queue. I was here for the lying in state for the Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, about 20 years ago. I must admit I can't remember if I said anything, but I do know I bowed, and it will be similar this time. We'll have to move past in an orderly fashion quite quickly so the maximum number of people can pass and pay our respects in our individual manners. I haven't decided yet what I'll say. Monday's state funeral will be an enormous full-scale ceremonial procession attended by many world leaders, royalty and heads of state. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky paid a surprise visit on Wednesday to the newly recaptured town of Izium. He thanked his army for their success in retaking the area from Russian forces. Here's more. A dramatic moment on video as a mother is reunited with her son after six months of Russian occupation, said to be in a town near Kharkiv, recaptured by Ukrainian forces. Reuters cannot verify where and when the video was taken. The son, a mayor, told Reuters it was in the village of Kozacha Lopa. His mother can be heard saying she knew he'd return. In another town, Izum, recently recaptured by Ukraine, abandoned tanks litter the area emblazoned with the letter Z, the symbol Russian forces use to identify themselves. I would let President Zelensky determine and decide whether he feels uh, militarily they've reached a turning point. But clearly, uh, at least in the Donbass, the, the, there's a sense of momentum here by the Ukrainian armed forces. And so what we're going to do is continue to support them as best we can. President Zelensky himself made a surprise visit to Izum on Wednesday, a major logistics hub about nine miles from the front line. This is what he told Reuters and other journalists in the area as he surveyed the destruction. The view is very shocking, but it's not shock for me because we, we began to see the same pictures from Bucha from the first deoccupied territories. So the same, destroyed buildings, 
killed people. And so, what can I say? Zelensky says his forces have retaken about 3,100 square miles as of Tuesday night, but Reuters cannot verify the claim. South Korean police arrested a woman on Thursday charged with murdering for what is believed to be her two children. Their remains were found in suitcases in New Zealand last month. The 42-year-old Korean-born New Zealand woman is accused of fleeing to South Korea in 2018 after allegedly killing her then 7-year-old and 10-year-old children in Auckland. New Zealand police launched a homicide inquiry after the children's remains were found. The grim discovery was made by a family going through the contents of a storage locker they had purchased unseen. The woman who denied the murder allegations was arrested after global police agency Interpol issued a red notice. New Zealand has 45 days to formally seek extradition of the suspect who denies the murder allegations. Coming up, a famous equine photographer reveals fascinating stories about the horses she photographs, so stay with us. A well-known TV reporter from Germany suddenly decided to return to her first love, horses. She became a world-renowned equine photographer. Now, hundreds of magazines feature her images on their covers yearly. I did interviews with the highest politicians in Germany. Christiana Slowick had a brilliant career as a TV reporter in Germany. On one occasion, when the guest for her live show got ill, she decided to go to a stable to fill 30 minutes of airtime. Christiana has always loved riding, and horses were her first passion. I smelled the horses and the hay. I heard them chewing, which is a wonderful noise, and everything was just so wonderful, and I said, I skipped my career, I don't care, I want to be with horses again. She first took up painting horses, but found she got too attached to her creations and was unable to sell them. It is much easier for me to do creative and artistic work with photography because uh, I can sell it and still keep it. That's the idea. <laughs> Christiana says she treats horses like friends and that's why she is able to communicate with them and express what she is looking for in a photograph. And they always oblige. Personality is one of a kind in each horse, just like in people. They have a kind of empathy. Our cultural human beings have lost almost completely. If you're happy or if you're sad, they, they immediately feel this. And this is probably the reason why people like horses so much, because they really connect to you. The artist has many fascinating stories to tell about her work. The one about her signature photograph has a happy ending, but it could have been a disaster. Um, I visited one of the biggest Baroque castles in Europe and I saw this room and I was, oh, I said, this is a room, we need a horse in the room. It took me a little while, but I convinced them, okay, we bring a horse in there. What horse do we need? I said, of course, we need a Lippison from the Spanish riding school. What else in Austria? I was laying on the ground and did my photo with the columns and the stallion. I want to have authentic photos. Do you think we could take the halter off and take a picture without the halter? Then at the same second, this Lippison made a pirouette and jumped towards me. Good luck. 
the wooden floor was kind of slippery. He slipped a little bit and that stopped him. Otherwise, he would have jumped on me. Christiana likes making the spirit of each horse shine in her photography. Her subjects are not always elegant breeds. I really enjoy taking photos of horses who are not really breathtaking at the first view. They inspire me. With her rich background in the arts, Christiana is also an explorer of worldwide traditions. She has several hundred magazine covers published every year, together with her calendars featuring her photographs. The horses bring you always back to the roots of a culture. And that's why I travel a lot and try to find horse breeds you have never heard about, like Neutgedachte horses, or uh, they live in South Africa, or Kaimanawa, wild horses, they live in New Zealand, horses like that, you will never find in a horse breed book. Um, I try to discover and um, inform the world about them. Christiana has written and published a few books featuring her discoveries. She's convinced that their beauty and empathy makes people become better. This is Flinders Kingsley, NTD News. Such beautiful animals. And who says you can't have it all? Christiana somehow did it. Yeah, and I bet it's not easy to win the trust of horses. Oh yeah, I mean, did you know that barbed stallions can attack and kill a lion? And Christiana says, if you want to ride one, you'd have to convince him first that you're a good friend. Okay, good thing I didn't know that a few years ago, back when I was in Texas backcountry, I saw a couple branded ranch horses roaming the wild, and I thought it'd be cool to ride them, but I decided not to because I thought it'd be too dangerous to approach them. Oh man, well it would have been a good story to tell. Well yeah, if I didn't get a horse hoof in the face. <laughs> Gives her character, I mean it would have been a good conversation starter. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, uh, that's all for today's program. As always, we'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at ntd.com. So shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.